everyone, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hi, I'm Laura Donnelly. And I'm Jill Handley. And this is season two, episode 11, the keys to authentic leadership, the courage to stay true to yourself. In this episode, we will be digging into Alicia Keys' book, More Myself, and discussing the courage it takes to abandon what others think you should be, and instead live into what you really are. Before we get started, we want to start by thanking all of our listeners for being here with us each week. We appreciate all of the listens and the feedback that you give. So on the back of um, Alicia's book, More Myself, she has um, this little, it's not a quote, I guess a paragraph, and it says, gathering the raw pieces of my experience and holding them up to the light has, for me, been a transformational exercise in truth-telling. I've spent so many years withholding parts of myself, sacrificing sacrificing my spirit to make others feel comfortable. I'm done with dimming my light. Writing this book has been about meeting myself with all my wounds and vulnerabilities exactly as I am. And then at last having the courage to reveal my full face. It has been about realizing that in order for the truth to set me free, I must first be brave enough to birth it. I think is actually in the text itself as well. And just such a powerful testament to the writing process and how healing it was for her. Um, and you can really feel that as you're reading. Yeah, I know. I um, I was listening to uh, Brene Brown's podcast, gosh, back in the summer maybe, when I was on a walk one night, and I heard um, I heard Brene interviewing Alicia, and they were discussing this book, and it was within that podcast. I was like, I've got to get this book. Uh, she's just so raw and real and um, so inspiring. Absolutely. Um, one of... The quotes that I found most impactful for me was right at the beginning of the book, and she was talking about coming into her own and um, having watched so many different people and um, the show business and things like that, wanting to um, follow in their footsteps. She said, the shoes you dream of filling have already been worn ragged through their soles. You've got to step into your own kicks and just do you. So it just made me think about how many times we get caught up in what we think we're supposed to be doing and not really staying true to ourselves and um, really just holding that passion and that fire for what we do because it's authentic to us. Yeah, she goes on, and we're going to just be quoting throughout the book and kind of just sharing some of our favorite parts of the book, which by the way, it's, it's such, I know you hear me say that every single time. It's such a great book, but if it wasn't a great book, we wouldn't be spotlighting it. Right. Uh, but nevertheless, early in the book, in fact, on page five, when she's talking about getting into this journey, she says, who am I really? And as I discover my true essence, am I bold enough to live in that truth? And so that really brought about two important things for me. One, are we asking ourselves on a deep enough level who we really are? And if we are, are we bold enough to live with who we are supposed to be, not who someone else thinks that we're supposed to be? And so I know on, then I go on page 10, she goes on to say, I no longer belong to myself. And this is where she was, uh, she's starting her early on her journey. She, you know, she's becoming a rising star. She's got photo shoots. She's got concerts. She's got speaking engagements. Um, and everything that you would think is just uh, the epitome of what a star would want or what a star would be, um, she, it hits her. Um, and so she says, I no longer belong to myself. I'd become captive to every request, every demand, 
every surge of fear that came with even the thought of saying no. And amid the constant moving, the constant packing and unpacking, the constant pleasing and pretending, I delivered my grandest performance yet, convincing the world that behind my smile, all was perfect as it appeared. And so I was just wondering, like, that really resonated with me because I know as, as leaders, um, it's important for us, particularly when with, with our staff, you know, that, you know, if all's falling apart for you, you open your door when you walk out and you're smiling and things are just great. Um, and so when we've been talking about vulnerability, as leaders, we know we have to be that face for our staff. But I think as leaders, we also have to have that support staff to um, not of our staff, but like for, for me, it's like Laura and our AP and our AIC, or, you know, perhaps it's, it's another principal or, you know, in another school or another state, or uh, maybe it's your spouse at home or your partner. Um, but if you do not have that support system where you are truly able to not look perfect, to not be what everyone thinks that you're supposed to be and just be you. And sometimes the you is just not pretty. It's, it's that breaking down and crying or can't get out of bed in the morning. You have to be able to have that some system um, or you can't continue to be everything your staff needs you to be. And for me, this quote really resonated because um, this summer I took on a greater leadership role within our our district counseling group. Um, so we have over 100 elementary school counselors and we have a leadership group that kind of helped plan some things for um, other school counselors. And because I did that, um, I was presenting a lot. I became um, somebody that a lot that people, other counselors were reaching out to a lot. And which is great. I love helping others and it turned into, oh, well, I can do that too. I can help um, support technology. I can present on this or whatever the case may be. And it's become overwhelming to the point where I don't want to say no to people because I want to be helpful and supportive. Um, But I felt that on a soulful level when Alicia Keys said she was sitting there afraid to say no so overwhelmed and didn't say no and I'm willing to bet that a lot of you have been there because you're the guru of something whether it's technology or maybe you're really good with data or whatever the case may be and so people constantly look to you but it's an addition onto the other responsibilities that you have and you have a hard time saying no yeah I don't think many of us got into our leadership roles by saying no very often no (laughs) Uh, Alicia does a really nice job. I know we, we talk a lot about Brene Brown's work and, and we know that she's just, you know, the queen of vulnerability. And so Alicia's really holding true to this as well about being vulnerable and true to yourself. I love this passage on page 144. She said, when life forces you to face yourself, what awaits you in the mirror is a gift. Vulnerability. Your heart is pierced. You're broken open. You're hyper aware of what you're feeling. And then she goes on to talk about it was at that time when she crafted the song Unthinkable within, that she wrote with Drake. And she says, the lyrics were a statement, not to the world, but to myself, that I can show my weakness, I can be real. And when I reveal my true heart, not everyone is going to approve. And you've heard us talk about that before, is that not everyone approves of what you're doing. But I love this last sentence of the chapter. She says, what I know now is that I don't need them to. 
man, that was so powerful. Um, you know, we've talked about being vulnerable for, and Renee talks about ignoring the criticisms from those not in the ring with you. Um, but this isn't easy work, you know. It's um, it's it's essential work though if, if you're really going to go after what you're 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 looking at, your dream, your vision. Um, and so, you know, we've spent a lot of time this season talking about what it takes to push past the fear and to push past the criticism um, and the naysayers. And what an empowering place to be, like to really and truly be your, in, in yourself and to not care what the naysayers say. Like that's a powerful place to be and one that I'm not sure that I've ever been, but I am aspiring to be for sure. Yeah, that's, you know, I don't know that I've met the person that has mastered that because I think even the people who are getting really good at that, we're all human, you Mm -hmm. know, and and hearing we're not good at something isn't an easy one. But I think the important part here is to think about who are you achieving this for? This is where she goes that deeper level of as long as you're trying to please other people, then their criticism is gonna matter. It's when you really kind of cross over and start doing things for yourself and trying to please who you are or become who you were meant to be, that that criticism is no longer as impactful. So then she, um, I know just lots and lots of quotes. Uh, So when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about, you know, the feelings of others, she, she, Uh, she goes on to talk about how she let other people's influence kind of hold her back for years. She says on page 247, it dawned on me how often I'd suppressed myself over the years. Man, this is so powerful. Listen to this. How I dimmed my light so it wouldn't blind others or make them feel uncomfortable around me. And Jill and I were talking about earlier Like that is the true essence of a purple cow. If you um, are an avid listener, you heard Heather Worrell a few weeks ago and purple cow is her thing. It's um, standing out instead of dimming your light. And I think it's so easy to do, especially as women, um, because other women, women in general can be catty somewhat. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to stand out. You don't want other people talking about you. So you dim your light so that you don't shine bright enough to get other other people's attention. And I think we do that so often, especially as female leaders. Are you, are you dimming your light so that it's not uncomfortable? And if you are, stop it, stop it right now. Um, you know, she goes on to talk about when she said that, she said some part, and this was on page 248, she says, some part of my spirit was always signing up for less because that's what I believe I deserved. She says, for so many years, I thought I was just being modest. I never wanted to come across as self-absorbed or someone who had a big head. She says, it's how we as women are brought up. Don't ask for more. Don't take credit. Don't outshine others. She said, but there on the couch, it hit me that my allegedly modesty was just a disguise, a mask for a lack of self-worth. And it was a huge revelation. Well, and and that's, you know, I've never really connected those two as well. You know, we're always trying to be modest so that you don't come across as showy or that woman or that, that, that person. And, and, you know, I think we've talked a little bit about this as well is that I don't know that that's as pronounced with men in the leadership mm-hmm. roles. You know, men who accomplish, we get the high fives and that's what they're supposed to do. But somehow 
if it's a woman who's shining brightly, you know, she's she's a bitch or she's boastful or something like that. So, you know, we've really got to work on not only changing ourselves, but really changing the trajectory for, for women leaders everywhere. Absolutely. It's interesting um, as we talk about that, just thinking back over the history of your um, coming up into leadership or whatever your current position is, have you dimmed your light for others? Because I know that I have. Um, it gets uncomfortable, especially when you're um, new in a place and you're finding your own, you're coming into that organization. Um, you don't. Most people don't want to be that showboat. And I think about other people who don't necessarily have that when we... When they are boastful, it's almost a turnoff. Um, but why? Is, is there something that they can offer? Is there something that I have to offer? Um, I think all of us need to stop dimming our lights and, and being who we are, showing our greatness for what it is. Well, and then, you know, supporting other women who who are not dimming their light. You know, I would challenge you, like Laura said, if you're dimming your own light, stop that. And I would also challenge you that if you're in an atmosphere to where there's a woman who's shining brightly and then the woman next to you tries to, you know, be a naysayer or, you know, tries to, to dim her light, don't allow it. Don't be a bystander with that because otherwise we are never going to move forward as, as female leaders. So definitely, uh, you know, stand up and, and say something about that. I think that's been one of my favorite things about a professional learning network on Twitter. It's been being able to lift up other women who are doing amazing things and posting amazing content or whatever the case may be. Um, having a professional learning network, especially on Twitter, has been so amazing to be able to lift others up. So not only shine your light brighter, but um, both boost somebody else up as well this week. Choose maybe one person that you really respect and shine their light as well. I love that. I'm, I'm going through my, I'm like, man, just one? No, not just one. <laughs> you know, to tag lots of women and just, um, you know, have them, you know, shine their lights brightly. So we know as female leaders that there's lots to overcome. And so Oftentimes, too, being a female leader, you know, there there comes lots of times success comes with sacrifices, you know, oftentimes away from your family or, you know, you're missing events or you're missing social opportunities with your friends. And that's not just for females. Men have that as well. You know, success sometimes comes at, at a price. Um, and unfortunately, that success can consume you if you let it. Um, this is why, you know, you have to set boundaries um, and define what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do uh, once you establish what it is, what goals you're going after. You know, I know oftentimes people are kind of lured in with a high salary or the prestige of a job. But then I would say that if that's you, I would, I would encourage you to ask at what cost. Um, Alicia goes on um, when she talks about when she, you know, she's, it's later in the book and she's kind of reached the pinnacle of her career and um, she's making billions of dollars. Um, she says on page 161, as I watched my friends struggle, I thought if striving for billions comes with the kind of emptiness, then I'm straight. The point isn't that wealth should be feared or disregarded. My family is successful and we plan to build on that. But as we move in that direction, I work to stay mindful of what I most value. For me, it comes down to capacity. What kind of life do I want to build and what sacrifices will that require? What commitments can I let go of so that I can remain a conscious partner or a parent? 
And what work for, she says, what works for me is extreme weed pull, pulling on my to-do list. Clearing out the unnecessary creates the space and conditions for me to nurture my connection with my family. And the soil beneath it all is acceptance. I do everything I can to be a present mother and a present partner. And then daily, I make peace with what has had to go undone. It's really all any of us can ask of ourselves. And that reminds me when Laura was talking about, um, you know, sometimes we have to say no and give ourselves permission to do so. Because if not, then at what cost is this, are you going to endure? It's interesting because um, in today's Wellness Wednesday, oh, shocker, we're recording this on a Wednesday. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, the, I added this um, screenshot. I uh, joined this group. It's We're doing a book study essentially with the book by Baron Baptiste, who is a uh, world-renowned yogi um, it's called 40 days of personal revolution and on the start of week four um, his, the opening sentence of that chapter said um, when you need to relax the most is when you don't have time for it um, and I think that speaks true for all of us especially around this time of year it seems like the hustle and bustle and maybe it's not so much for you this year because maybe you didn't go shopping you didn't have all of that over the weekend um, after Thanksgiving, or maybe you did. Um, but for me, the, it was the ending of a, um, a course, a final paper. There were so many things. There's still so many things on my to-do list and things that haven't gotten done. Um, but I've really had to prioritize with my daughter, do I want to put her in, form, in front of more screen time so that I can work on this right now? Or do I really and truly want to be present with her? Um, because it's all a choice, right? And I don't get to see her all the time like I would love to. So um, it's really important for me when I have her that I'm present. And that means that other things don't get done. And that, and I, it just has to be okay. So there's a stack of dishes and they'll get done <laughs> when they get done. Um, but I, thinking about it like that, if it's always a choice, the sacrifices are worth it when things align with your vision. That at the end of the day, bottom line, if your vision is something that you're truly passionate about, it, it's not work when you're doing it. It's it's invigorating. It's fire. It's funny that you say that because um, in her book, at the beginning of every chapter, uh, Alicia has someone who has made an impact in her life kind of tell the story of sort of how they met, and then and then we hear from Alicia's version. But kind of what Laura was just talking about in the chapter with Oprah Winfrey, um, Oprah says, when you're doing what you love, you don't get exhausted. You get exhausted from trying to fulfill everyone else's ideas and ideals about who you should be. When you do that, you're not being true to yourself. Yeah, it's so powerful and so true. Um, and that I think that's what matters most if you walk away with nothing else if what you're doing doesn't set your soul on fire I know that that is um, an overused quote but really and truly if it doesn't set your soul on fire like Alicia Keys girl on fire lyrics <laughs> then you're doing the wrong thing if what you are currently working on is just work if it's just that for a paycheck it's not the right thing for you um, how can you be really inspired and passionate about your vision? And, and we're not saying go out and quit your job tomorrow if you, if you don't love it. No, especially if you work with us. Don't quit your job. 
but what we are saying is that if what you are doing right now does not spark joy for you, does not set your soul on fire, we want you to ask yourself, is this what I was meant to do? Perhaps it is, and you just need to figure out how to set your soul on fire, or perhaps it's not. Perhaps you've been wanting to start that business, or perhaps you've been wanting to travel, or, um, you know, start coaching or, or something like that. Um, we're not saying that it's necessarily you can quit today and start tomorrow, but don't think that if that's, if that's your true calling, if your gut has been telling you that, then listen to it and start to put those plans into action. It may be five years, 10 years before you are truly achieving this vision, or maybe it's going to be in January, but it can't start if you don't start taking action towards that. And it could also be that maybe you've lost um, a connection with your why. I know at the beginning of our school year, our superintendent charged us with remembering our why. And um, that's difficult right now in the middle of NTI because most teachers didn't set out to teach virtually where they didn't get to interact in person with kids all day long. So if that's you right now, perhaps it's that you need to reconnect with your why. Maybe you've lost that spark or that passion because um, it's trying times right now. And reconnecting with your why is so important for that reason. It absolutely is. And um, so tonight, reflect on that. Reflect on what is my why? And have I lost touch with that? You know, Laura was talking about Alicia's uh, Girl on Fire lyrics. She talks about that and how she gets, she gets inspired by that. And so and if you listen to some of our previous episodes, you've heard us talk about that, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes what gets you going in the day is affirmations. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's reading. Sometimes it's exercising. And then sometimes it's music. <laughs> I know Laura's real big on music. <laughs> I am for sure. And I feel like I've talked about Lizzo in like three episodes now, but um, I love her song is what I play when I need to get myself moving and going and inspired. Um, and it's funny because they're not lyrics I would play around my daughter, um, but they are when I'm ready to get in the zone. It's kind of like that warm up music that you. Um, so I've played basketball through college um, and somehow I always got to be the person that like chose the warm up music for our teams. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess because (laughs) I just love music so much. It inspires me. Um, but it, it, it really does. It gets me going. It makes me, um, just so inspired and jazzed up. And one of my favorite songs of Lizzo's, it says, I woke up feeling like I just might run for president. Um, and it's all about like female, um, courage essentially. Um, so there are so many things like that that so many songs like that that really get me going this week music has been a huge topic because our um, parent liaison and I were trying to um, figure out how to do a Facebook live for our virtual open house and we were completely and totally failing I literally spent like 30 minutes on Facebook live trying to figure <laughs> out how to get her connected and so somebody people were coming on it one of the videos had like a hundred views by the time I ended it and so I just kept saying as I'd see people come on because they were friends of mine. Um, hey, everybody, I just want to let you know we're practicing. I'm trying to get a coworker on so we can prep for this open house. And somebody said, just sing. And I was like, <laughs> well, what am I going to sing? And so the coworker of mine sending Eye of the Tiger, um, Ice Ice Baby, just ridiculous songs. Um, but I think music is a way that we 
cope. We feel inspired. It's healing for the soul sometimes. It really is. I mean, you know, as leaders, we are pulled in so many directions with people depending on us. You know, they're always looking for us to answers or I'm sure you've all had that. Do you have just a minute? (laughs) of our time Um, and if we're not careful we're going to burn out quickly if we don't forget our why you know if we don't uh, weed out our to-do list like Alicia talks about that to make sure that our to-do list matches our priorities Um, and then I think that's step one but I want to go back to what you talked about Laura with making peace with what has gone undone and for those of us who are like leaning toward that perfectionist, that's hard to do. It's hard to go to bed sometimes if the dishes aren't done. It's hard to, to you know, sometimes leave the office when you still have a stack full of papers or, you know, when you still have 15 unread emails for the day. But you have to get that why, you have to get your vision and then let your to-do list and your priorities align with that. Otherwise, it's going to kill you. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So Oprah talks about um, this. It's called the resounding yes concept. And so really, essentially what this is, is um, she talks to Alicia about, you know, you're going to have a lot of opportunities. And I think, you know, as leaders, we are going to have lots of opportunities. And most of us will want to say yes to all of them, but we've already talked about how that's not healthy um, for you. Um, but Oprah talks about every once in a while, you'll get that opportunity to where your heart is racing and you feel it in your gut and it is just overpowering. And that's the time, according to Oprah and Alicia, uh, that's your resounding yes. At that point when you're getting that feeling and you all know the feeling I'm talking about, if you haven't had it, think harder because you've all had that resounding yes at that point you're just to say yes to it maybe some of you've had that gut feeling like I really feel like I'm supposed to be doing this and then suddenly your heart starts racing a little bit more and fear takes over but just go for it I think I think that's easier said than done a lot of times when we get that feeling we get really jazzed up and we're we're ready to say yes in the moment and then we think about it and we're like oh but gosh i can't do that now or i need to put that off till later um until i mean things like this jill and i (laughs) talked about this um podcast and some different things talked about it forever and this summer we were like let's just do it and if we hadn't have just said yes and just had that resounding yes and, and, and done it, downloaded the Anchor app and just started, um, we wouldn't be here today. And we've learned and we've grown so much. I know that we say that all the time, but it's so true. And I'm so thankful that we said yes and we just did it. Same, same. Absolutely. Because if you're waiting for the perfect opportunity to happen or for what you're working on to be perfect before you start it or release it or get it going, it's never going to happen. So don't wait for perfection because it's, it's not out there. Um, you, you know, I will say though that um, once you commit to something, you know, you, you want to be all in. I love Alicia. She says before every, um, before every performance, she asks herself, she says, okay, Alicia, Do you want to be good or do you want to be great at this? And so I think that when we kind of get very clear about where it is that we're going, we're able to do that. I think we're able to really be great at what we're going for. 
Unfortunately, however, I think that when we overcrowd our to-do list and we're not real clear on our priorities, that's when it becomes difficult to be great at everything because it's just not humanly possible. And not even really good at everything because you've got so many things in the air that you're working on simultaneously that nothing gets done. Um, I'm sure that you've been there before and that's a difficult place to be, but it's one that can happen too frequently um, if you're not staying on top of what's really important and what's going to drive me to my vision. For sure. And, and I think that, you know, in this book, she, she talks about getting crystal clear about what she was passionate about, what her authentic self was saying. In fact, um, she talks about her, her, um, her yes, her resounding yes moment. And she says, when my resounding yes arose, I at last had the courage to follow it. I believe that I alone could hold my space on a stage before millions. And this is when she was talking about hosting the Grammys. Um, and when I stood firmly in that truth, others joined me in it. She says, I refused to settle for mediocre and instead required greatness. And that made me think of one of my very favorite quotes, which is, I'd rather choke on greatness than nibble on mediocrity. And I love that quote because if you've listened, if this is, if you've listened to even one other episode, you know that Laura and I are both driven. We are both high achievers. We both expect a lot of ourselves. And we're also very hard on ourselves when we're unable to achieve. And so I think that comes down to sometimes I believe Laura and I both get a little over ambitious with things. Um, and I'll be the first to say that I don't think that um, we are the greatest <laughs> at always prioritizing our own to-do list. So this is one of those do as we say, not necessarily as we do. But, you know, our goal is to learn and grow with you. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't pretend to be perfect or, or know everything you know we're learning and um, just bringing the best parts of, of what we read and learn to you and, and grow along with you and it it's funny because um, in reading this 40 days of personal revolution it's made me think um, when he talks about you have to take time to just be because otherwise all day long you have all the stimulation you're working you're with your kids or you're um, your pets or whatever the case may be um, if you don't slow down and take time for you that just constantly builds up over over time um, so scheduling some time that's just for you and I know that we talk about self-care all the time but if you don't have a, t a chance to just stop and sit for a little bit you can't con can't keep up and Jill's right we are a little over ambitious and we don't prioritize our own to-do list but we are working on it and we are going to be better at it <laughs> we, we absolutely are in fact today i was um on on november 9th as a matter of fact we we made a priority we, we attempted to prioritize um in fact it's called priority list <laughs> from um, November 9th. So I went and, and we were overly ambitious. I mean, we were having some big projects completed in a month's time. And so I think there were like 10 things on there that we had um, planned to complete by winter break, which is in three more weeks. And so I went back and looked at that today. We've been successful with one of those <laughs> things. And so I, I said to Laura, I was like, 
what what what's going on here? Like I looked at it and first of all felt like a failure, but then I was like, it's not like either of us have just been sitting around doing nothing. What no. have we been doing? So I, I think it's I think it's because we created that priority list, and then after that we we both said yes to probably ten more things, mm-hmm. um, but had nothing necessarily to do with that priority list. Um, and true story, we're both moms too. So you know we making time for family for our children is is the top of the list for both of us and so so you don't always necessarily put that on the list but I would say you need to and I think one of the things that Jill and I also do a good job of is recognizing the need for for time for ourselves as well so like if I've had a rough week or if Jill's had a rough week it's like don't Let's not even stress about getting that done. That's not important right now. What's important is that we're taking care of ourselves. And so I think there's also a little bit of, um, we're not very good with hard deadlines, but we are (laughs) really good about being flexible and... With hard deadlines that we give ourselves. Like other people, yes, we'll meet those, but when we give them to ourselves, you know, we probably need to go back to that one, um, I forget which episode, I think it was from Jen's book, Jen Sincero's book, about how we need to, uh, you know, put it out there publicly, or maybe we should put our deadlines out there publicly, then we, then we would reach those. Well, let's do it then. All right, so let's, let's make a public announcement. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so we originally gave ourselves a hard deadline of one of the projects that we've been working on for December 18th. And really, I think we're fairly close. I, I, think, I think we are. I don't want to do too much, though, because this is going to be an exciting venture. But um, coming soon... Lo- so December 18th, on December 18th, look for some announcements from us of some things that we have in the works to release to you that we hope will make your life easier as a leader. No, we know we'll make your life easier as a True. leader because we've worked on it ourselves for it's taken us years True story. Uh, to, to master it. And so um, I wish in the, the five years it's taken us that someone would have just handed me what we are going to be putting out. So yeah, Same. December 18th, it's coming. There we go. <laughs> And so, so, so when we talk about that, um, we just kind of really talk about too um, that sometimes it's messy. And so I, I do want to share this when she says the path to self-discovery is not a straight line. It's a zigzag. We move in and out of awareness, one step forward, three steps to the left, a baby step back, another leap forward, a light bulb moment might shine brightly one day, but then flicker the next. It takes the it takes work to hold tightly to a certain consciousness to live in its wisdom. Every day I have to live intentionally, maintain an awareness of what my values are. I know I'm worthy, but you don't cross over into the land of self-worth, self-worth and just become a permanent resident. You have to keep your passport current and you have to preserve your status. Yeah. I love all of the memes of the things that say like what you thought growth would look like, what growth actually <laughs> is. And it's so true because as we're growing, things happen, there are bumps in the road and it's all part of it. So we're not going to go from zero to a hundred in a few weeks like Jill and I expect of ourselves, but it's growth and we're learning and exploring and experiencing all of these new things. And it's okay. It absolutely is. Um, And I think that, you know, one of the things that we're going to work on and we hope that you work on is lessening your load, getting your priority clear. You know, America Ferreira talks about 
Alicia always showing up, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. And I think sometimes, um, you know, do I always show up? And I'll, unfortunately, I don't think I always do. And I think that's because I overcommit. And when I say I don't when fully show up, so, you know, I can't tell you how many times Laura and I have been, we're like, okay, we are going to be committed to this and we'll sit down and then her phone will ding and then my computer will go off. And then suddenly we're like, hang on just a second. Okay. Oh, I've left this in my car. Let me show you this. And the next thing you know, it's an hour later and we've. So- oh, and did I tell you that story? <laughs> right. So, so that is an example of not fully committing. But I, again, I think it's because sometimes we overextend ourselves. So if that sounds familiar to you, I would encourage you to think about what does it mean to show up, truly show up for someone or someone else. Also, I'm just going to jump back to the 40 Days for Personal Revolution book um, just for a second. Baron Baptiste in that says that um, he recognized that he was multitasking so frequently that he was doing it at times that he was spending it with his kids as well. And so one thing that he's done with his family is he asked them to call him out on it. So if he's not being present, he asked them to say, dad, you're not here with us or whatever the case may be. Um, so that he's recognizing and really trying to be as present with the people that he's with as possible. And I love that, that idea. Oh, I love that as well. You know, um, I'll just kind of kind of try to wrap this up and I love this from Alicia she says in life we don't get what we ask for we get what we believe and what we believe about ourselves shows up in our energy it's how we walk into a room it's how we communicate through body language I don't deserve to be here like do you say that like is that what your body language says sometimes she says it's whether we sit up straight or hide in the back of a meeting at times my own energy has been saying I'm cool with the bare minimum. Don't give me more. And without knowing it, I've stunned my own growth because I was scared to be magnificent and doubtful that I even was. If you'd asked me at age 22 whether I thought I was worthy, I would have answered with a loud, proud yes. But it's possible to declare a woman's worth and yet not fully know your own. It's possible to say you want a grand life, but then continue to play small. Man. Mic drop. <laughs> I know. I love that. Wow. You know, I love her. But that was that was so powerful. So, I mean, ask yourself, one, are you showing up? Two, are you playing small? And if so, stop it. <laughs> Absolutely. So today's takeaways that we hope you got from this podcast are, are you being true to yourself or are you sacrificing who you were meant to be for what others think you should be, both personally and professionally? Are you listening to your heart, gut, or are you being influenced by the fear and the criticism for others? Are you being kind and compassionate to yourself? Are you engaging in daily affirmations that remind you of how amazing you truly are? Does your to-do list reflect your priorities or is it cluttered with items that you are taking uh, that are taking you away from your vision? When it's time for you to show up, are you all in or are you allowing other things to distract you? So as you go about the rest of your day, or the rest of your week, we encourage you to ask, am I who I want to be? And if not, what is holding you back? Are you living to please someone else? Now, if you haven't read Alicia Key's book, More Myself, it's definitely worth picking up. Alicia gets raw and real about her journey and it will truly inspire you to lean into your more authentic self. In fact, Laura, what was it that Oprah said? Well, after you said something about the podcast with Brene Brown, it could—it may have been Brene. Regardless, it was either Oprah or Brene Brown in a podcast with Alicia Keys. And um, they said to her, 
when I read your book, I expected to learn more about you, but what happened is I really learned more about myself. And that's, that's true story. And that's, that's what a good book does for you <clears throat> is that it inspires you and to look more deeply into yourself. So for your convenience, we've included a link for Alicia's book, More Myself, and we've also included a journal page for reflection that we've created that will support your own journey to becoming your most authentic self. So next week, we will be joined by another courageous female leader who will share her story of staying true to herself and her vision so that she could start not one, but two local businesses. So if you enjoyed this episode, the keys to authentic leadership, the courage to stay true to yourself, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. If this is your first episode, or if you have not listened to the entire first season, we would love to know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get automatic episode updates for our Be The Leader You Deserve. We are so excited to share, uh, we are so excited because of our amazing listeners like you, we reached a milestone of over 1.2 thousand listens. <laughs> we're almost at 1,300, so we're so excited. I know, it's so fun to watch. And recently, we created a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page to give you more frequent updates, quotes, and inspiration to carry you through the week. Make sure to like and follow us at Be The Leader You Deserve to stay up to date with leadership ideas and updates of other projects that are in the works coming December 18th. <laughs> and finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and rating on Apple, Pac Apple Podcasts. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and we make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that we get. Have a great week, and don't forget to ask yourself, am I the leader that I deserve, and what am I doing about it? Thank you.